Welcome to Enterprise Radio, the signature show of the Enterprise Podcast Network, featuring some of the most prominent business professionals in the world today. And now your host, Eric Dye. This is Eric Dye, and once again, welcome to Enterprise Radio, part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Today on the program, we're visiting with Mr. Michael Goldsby, who is Stoops Distinguished Professor of Entrepreneurship and Chief Entrepreneurship Officer at Ball State University. He's also the co-author of Design-Centered Entrepreneurship, the second edition. And Mr. Goldsby, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks, Eric. Good to be on your show. Now, you're certainly more than welcome and looking forward to hearing from you today. So for starters, how can people make progress when they feel stuck? We'd love to hear your feedback on that to lead things off today. Well, the best thing to do is to know that feeling stuck is natural. Uh, Everyone who does a creative endeavor is going to have those moments of feeling stuck. In fact, uh, Seth Godin, the popular marketing writer, has once called that the dip. You know, you get excited about something and then you you come into a dip. And the best way to get out of a dip or the best way to get unstuck is to just get more facts. And you can do that by talking to other people, uh, figuring out where you're uh, biggest issues are, what's the biggest problems with your idea, what what needs to be overcome, what's holding you back, and then just go and uh, research more of that. And you don't know, sometimes it's just that one uh, piece of advice or that one thing somebody says or that one thing you come across and read that gives you just enough information to reframe what you're looking at to get a new angle on it. And once you get that, you, you move along until you get to the next stuck point. And that is some good advice right there to kick things off here today. Really appreciate your feedback there as well. Now, how can people reframe problems to help them find solutions? Uh, We'd like to hear from you on that as well. Yeah, so what we've felt from a lot of our research is one phrase can help you in doing that. And it's how you state the problem. So to really understand what what you're trying to accomplish, you really have to know what to really define what the problem is. And we use a phrase called how might we or how might I? So, for example, uh, you know, maybe you're you're stuck trying to get those first customers. And so you might phrase it. How might we uh, get our first customers? Well, that's just a starting point. So you you want to then take that phrase that how might we and rework it a number of times until you think, you know what? that's the real problem maybe it's not uh how might we uh get our our first customers but it might be how might we look more legitimate and established as a new company to get our first customers because if we can get more look more legitimate look look different than the than the other small companies trying to get everybody's business maybe that'll be the thing that that will actually get the customers so it's not so much how do we get our first customers it's how might we uh, appear more legitimate and and, uh, and and a stronger small startup than the other ones we're competing against. So it's reframing, 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 reframing until you get to what the real problem is. And you go, yeah, that's it. That's what we got to do. I like it. I like that a lot. Good stuff. Now, what is the process for going from an initial idea to a successful solution? Yeah. So, you know, you look at the stats and you always hear that, uh, you know, seven out of 10 businesses fail within the first few years. And we think it's oftentimes uh, a result of, of what we call a great product, no market. You know, sometimes a, a solution or an idea or product can be ahead of its time or there's just not a market for it. So th- the best thing to do is to know that that original idea is just a starting point and then you've got to be open to revising it. It's, a, it's an area that I'm working on right now in my research that I call open to revision. 
you know, it's it, it's good to have a lot of ideas. <clears throat> it's good to choose an idea, move forward. But then you have to be willing to revise it. And you have to be able to separate your ego and, and yourself from that solution. You know, you are not the solution. The solution is the solution. And to be open to changing that solution and reworking it and, and you know, not going big too soon, you know, uh, learning. And, and then when you when you find something that's getting traction, that's when you invest a lot more. There's just too many people that put way too much resources in early before they get validation from the world as to if the world likes their idea as much as they do. Really great to have you on to speak with us here today. We're joined by Mr. Michael Goldsby, who is Stoops Distinguished Professor of Entrepreneurship and Chief Entrepreneurship Officer at Ball State University and co-author of Design-Centered Entrepreneurship, second edition here on Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Now, also, as we move ahead here, what is the science behind coming up with ideas that work in the marketplace? I'm sure listeners would really appreciate your feedback there. Yeah, so our work is based on uh, our co-authors' uh, 40 to 50 years of research in creativity. I mean, this is this is truly evidence-backed uh, approach. And what what we have here is a process, an eight-step process that was developed first internally at Procter and Gamble, and then later Dr. Bassett my co-author uh, went into the academic world to to uh, put more research into it, to revise the system, and to generalize it out to the rest of the world. So. What we say is first is that creativity is a skill set and it's it's a it's how you think and it's how you act. And the thinking part is comprised of two parts. One, it's it's ideate. We might call it brainstorming. Uh, we call it divergence and, and saying, hey, it's safe just to diverge. You know, it doesn't mean that just because you say something uh, that you're you're stuck to it. And so the 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 skill of not moving forward too fast and and diverging and and being open to a lot of possible ideas sometimes crazy is called deferral of judgment. A lot of people don't have that. You know, we're, many people are are quick to judge something. And really creative people, yes, they have a lot of ideas, but they also defer judgment until they give it more thought and rework it and 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 get more facts about those ideas, and then. The other thing that a lot of people that have all the ideas are bad at, but you also have to have is create in creativity is convergence or evaluation or selection, being really smart. And you know, I would I would call that the best term for that is due diligence. Doing your due diligence, really being open to getting feedback and and seeing if people are doing it. And if you do that, if you if you're if you have a, a lot of ideas, you hold back judgment, you test the ideas, you revise them. You take the feedback, you make a decision. What you'll have then, and it's this is the most powerful thing I think out in the business world, is you'll be making informed decisions, doing due diligence on a lot of ideas to then make an informed decision. Doesn't mean it's going to be right, but it's it's got a hell of a lot better chance of being right than just going with the first thing that your your gut tells you to do. And that's the science. There's science behind this. We've got we've got surveys and we've got assessments and and we've got it's it's field tested at everything from major corporations like Google, and Microsoft. Uh, IDEO uses this, a lot of these ideas from from uh, our research team, even into Japan and other places that Europe, Norway, using this because it's science backed. That informed decision right there, that is the key takeaway, no doubt, right there. Good stuff, good information. Now, how can someone be creative and good at following through on ideas? That's always a challenge. 
Yeah, well, you know, that that ends up being I, I that's a really good question, because I think that's where the idea of self-leadership comes into play, being a good self-leader and a good self-leader is personally productive. And, and I think they're also good time managers. They're very um, they're very disciplined about where they spend their time, energy and money. Uh, and part of that informed decision making is, you know, once they they think they're on something and, and they're they have a mission of what they're trying to accomplish that they focus on what the business is. Now, that doesn't mean the business might tweak or add things as it goes. Again, we want to make informed decisions, but you, you're always thinking about what's the return on that investment. Once you make a decision, are we getting the return on where we're putting our time, money, and energy? And so many companies get distracted, so many leaders get distracted. And um, and so I think that's, that's the other part is the self-leadership component to have that discipline. And discipline, let me tell you, the people who are really successful, they have a lot of discipline. I have this saying that you have to work really hard to make things look easy. You know, the people that make things look easy, it just looks like they're just naturals, but guarantee behind the scenes, they're doing a lot of things, sacrificing a lot of stuff to make the mission happen. And when you devote a lot of energy and time and money on the things that you're, you're committed to, eventually you get good at it and people will notice that. Also, Mr. Goldsby, how can a company figure out who their real customers are? It's always important to know what the target audience is. Yeah, well, you have a starting point, right? And and maybe those end up being the real customers. Uh, but then you've you've got to uh, test other markets. You got to be open to uh, to uh, new possible adjacent. Uh, customers that might maybe you know there's other people who are interested in 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 something and and you just have to always be scanning and and being open really being open to you know what the world is telling you i will tell you this though part of part of the real customer aspect too is as i got back to great product uh no market sometimes you've got customers who aren't quite willing to commit, but they're interested enough. And maybe you're just not giving them, you're not quite solving the right problem yet. So we, we're a firm believer in the process of, of getting potential target customers involved early, early in the process. And even in, even in some of the product development aspects, like Dr. Baster has worked with uh, some major uh, farm equipment companies that, that make uh, you know, sell billions of dollars worth of farm equipment in places like China and all over the world. And he said on some of the tractor designs that they were doing, they were bringing in uh, customers from those uh, countries. And what they would discover is that farmers in China had a much different uh, expectation or or goal and what they were trying to do on their farms than farmers in the United States, that they had to redesign the tractors for smaller farms than than the big huge corporate farms that we have in the United States, they they these were more family types of farms, but they were getting bigger. China's market was developing, and and they found out that they had to make uh, more uh, smaller, more fuel efficient. Almost imagine, almost like a you know a Honda version of uh, of a tractor. You know, we see the tractors in the United States that are you know, they're, they're big, major uh, pieces of industrial equipment. But, uh, but the family farms and the small farms in, in China that, that the company he was working with uh, found out that, yes, they needed a tractor, but, that, but the tractor wasn't the one that the customer really wanted. So the real customer, maybe you stick with them a while, but and you've not really found their real problem. So there's, there's this dance that goes on between customer problems. Sometimes you have a problem that you find out there's a different customer that might like that solution better. 
So I think I think you know how do you find those real customers? It, it is being open to a lot of conversations, a lot of conversations in a lot of different areas. Being a traveler, being a curious person, uh, because it may be that somebody gives you that little piece of insight, and I've had this happen many times with myself, some of the people I've talked to, and it 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 directs your attention there to, to say, I want to find out more about that. I want to learn more. And from that, you might discover a customer you didn't even realize just from somebody who's in that field who says, you know, you ought to talk to those people. They might be interested in this. So there's the, there's the dance that goes on between the problem, the real problem, and who the real customer is. Mr. Goldsby, we can't thank you enough for your visit with us here today. A truckload of insight, information, and advice, and uh, we really do appreciate it. Of course, you're the co-author of Design Centered Entrepreneurship, the second edition. If folks wanted to tap into the book, pick up the book, get further details, and or to be in touch with you, how is the best place for folks to do so? Yeah, so you can find the book on Amazon. That's probably the easiest place to find it. And uh you can find me at our website, uh, mindtomomentum.com. That's M-I-N-D, number two, momentum, because everyone wants to get momentum on the ideas in their mind. And then Dr. Bassader has his website as well, and that's B-A-S-A-D-U-R.com. And you'll find a lot of the science on that website. And of course, we'll leave these links within the show notes of this broadcast. Mr. Goldsby, all the best. And thanks again for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio. Thank you, Eric. Great to be on your show. And certainly was my pleasure. Again, we've been speaking with Mr. Michael Goldsby, who is Stoops Distinguished Professor of Entrepreneurship and Chief Entrepreneurship Officer at Ball State University and co-author of Design-Centered Entrepreneurship, the second edition. And for further details, visit Mind2, the number two, that is, Momentum.com. Again, Mind2Momentum.com. And this is Eric Dine. You've been listening to Enterprise Radio, part of VPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Tune into our live location as we are streaming live 24-7 around the world at epodcastnetwork.com forward slash live. You can also find our live stream on iTunes Radio and TuneIn Radio as well as the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. And as always, we thank you for your support and for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Enterprise Radio. To subscribe to more of our programming, visit epodcastnetwork.com. This is the ePodcast Network.